Lord, we thank you that you are our comfort, Lord, and you always do hold us close, Lord. No matter the season, no matter the situations that we find ourselves in, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're with us, Lord God, that you're going through every season with us, Lord God. You give us strength and comfort. And I pray that today, that your word would give us strength and comfort, that you would speak to each one of us, Lord God. You would encourage and challenge us, Lord God. Help us to rise up as your church and be all you're calling us to be. In your powerful name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Fantastic. You can take a seat this morning. You look incredible. Turn to the person on your left and tell them they're incredibly good looking this morning. Welcome to lie if needed. Turn to the person on your right and tell them they're okay as well. Ah, gee, there's been some grubs up on stage. <laughs> I love it. Well, welcome to church this morning and a special happy Father's Day to all the dads this morning. Dads are incredible. And you know what? It's not easy to be a dad. It's challenging. There's times where you feel like you're not doing a good job as a dad. There's times where you feel like you're failing as a dad. And uh, so much in our world today can be tearing down and ripping down dads. But I think the church is a great place to actually say dads are incredible and we thank our dads for all the incredible work that they do and who they are. And I think for me, myself personally, I don't think I realized how much of a challenge it can be to be a dad until I became a dad myself. And I think about myself in my teenage years, perhaps how I treated my dad and how things um, kind of played out at times there where I didn't truly appreciate how incredible dads are and the hard work that they do. And so I would love, if you're a dad in the building this morning, why don't you stand to your feet? I would love to specifically pray for you this morning. So if you're a dad, uh, why don't you stand up and uh, why don't you reach out your hands towards these incredible dads and let's pray for them this morning and pray for God's blessing upon their lives. And so, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the incredible dads that are here this morning in this building, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for each one of them, their commitment to you, Lord God, their commitment to their families. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give them wisdom, Lord God, way beyond their years, Lord God, wisdom and insight and knowledge, Lord Jesus, to know, Lord God, how to lead, how to be a great dad, how to be a great husband, Lord Jesus, how to be able to love those people in their world well, Lord Jesus, and be successful successful in all areas of life. I pray that you bless them, Lord God, in every way, Lord God, that, their, that your favor and your blessing would be upon their lives, that you would protect them, protect their families, Lord Jesus, and help them to be able to lead strong in this season. In your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Come on, give these dads a huge hand. They're incredible. They're amazing. Well, I wanted to announce this morning and just let you know of just, uh, just a bit of a family update this morning, but uh, the Webster family, who are an incredible uh, family and part of this church, have decided to take a six-month sabbatical. And so they're taking some time off as a family to be able to rejuvenate, refresh, be able to really focus on God and just be able to rest. That's what a sabbatical is about. And so they're going to be doing that over this next six-month period. And as part of that, Jason, who is on our board, is going to be stepping off our board as well, um, and, and just being able to do that and just go into a new season there as well. So we're going to try and honor them. Uh, it's hard to get them on a Sunday because that sabbatical has started, 
And so they're, they're just being able to enjoy that rest at the moment. But um, we're going to gather with them as a board and be able to give them a gift and thank them on behalf of our church. And so if, you've, if you're connected with Jason, Maurice, and all the family, give them some encouragement, give them some love, be praying for them as they just enjoy this season of rest. And uh, we just thank God for them. And the, I think Jason's been on the board, I believe, for about 11 years um, throughout that time, has really served our church. And so we really honor that. And I fully support this season for them to be able to have this time of rest and be able to really enjoy that as a family. So it's going to be good. Good for them and uh, good to encourage them in that season. You know, this is kind of a time of rest in some ways for all of us. We are, we're talking at the moment, and this is the second part of a series called rested, not restless. And I think in our world today, in this time where we're going through with coronavirus, it's a time where we can either get ourselves worked up, we can get ourselves restless and worried and fatigued and, and, and just emotionally exhausted. We can get ourselves uh, with uncertainty about the future, causing us to really think about the future with fear rather than faith. And there's some of the things that can really steal away that sense of rest. And when I talk about rest, I mean rested in God. I don't mean that we're all just sitting on the Bahamas at the beach um, all the time, which that would be nice, although we can't travel there at the moment. But I mean the kind of rest that means we are just planted in God, we are connected with Him, we're allowing Him to be our life source and allowing the life of Jesus to flow into us and give us vitality and strength in our faith. That's the kind of rest I want us to have. You know, I'm talking to, I'm just kind of going off cuff a bit this morning, but I'm talking to some pastors and leaders and uh, different, different churches, and there's this, I guess, growing concern amongst leaders about what's going to happen post-coronavirus to the church. What's going to happen to their churches? Many of them are seeing some of their congregations back in person, and then some that are online, and then there's a percentage where there, there can be huge percentages where they just have not seen for months, and they're not sure whether they will return how that will take place and, and how long it will go on. We, we really don't know how long these restrictions are in place. Uh, I mean, it's probably a conservative estimate to say they're probably at least another six months. And so there would be people that have not been to a church service for 12 months and maybe throughout at that time before it's over, maybe 18 months. And there's this concern about, well, what's going on to the spiritual health of the people? How is the congregation, how is the church at large, not just city church, but the church around the world, and talking to these pastors and leaders, there's concern about this faith. And there's this word that I've um, come to know recently called atrophy. And I didn't really know this word before, but it, the meaning of it's this, the gradually, declining, the gradually decline in effectiveness or vigor due to underuse or neglect. And I think about the church, and I think about this, I think the faith muscle of the church and who we are as the church of Jesus Christ, it doesn't need atrophy to attack it. It needs us to be the kind of people that say, you know what, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus, no matter the season, and I'm going to trust in Him. And so the truth of it for me is, it doesn't matter to me the choices that people are making right now for their, their health, and there's wise choices that people are making not to be in services, and that is a great decision to make right now. And then there's people that do feel comfortable to come to services, and that's a great decision to make. There's people that watch online, and that's a great decision to make. The choice for me is not about trying to get people back to church. The choice for me is saying, let's fall more in love with Jesus in this season. Because the truth is, if you're in love with Jesus, as a result of that, you will love the church. 
that's just a result that will naturally flow. To me, when we get to heaven one day, and we get up there, and Jesus is not going to ask, how many times did you attend City Church? He's going to ask whether you knew me, whether you had a relationship with me, whether you were connected with me. And that is the most important thing. And everything we do as a church is about helping people encounter Jesus Christ. And so my encouragement to you is just keep falling more in love with Jesus. It doesn't matter who's in the building or who's not in the building. Let's just keep loving Jesus. Trust Him through this season. We keep loving Him. The church will gather again at the end of this. The church will be stronger than ever before. And I believe, let's not allow apathy or atrophy to get into our heart and steal away our passion and love for Jesus Christ. Is that, is that okay? I just want to encourage you with that this morning. So last week, we talked about the idea that the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my supply, or two weeks ago, sorry, and the Lord is my strength. And I, I read um, from Psalm 23, which is a psalm that we all know very well. And I also read to conclude the message out of Matthew 11, and this is Jesus speaking. He said this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. I think before coronavirus, our world was already at a peak of stress. Before any of that happened, people were restless. People were, um, I guess, anxious to be able to get to the next thing. There was a lot of stress. We've never been busier than before. Statistics show us that we never, uh, in, in the world that we live in right now, we actually sleep less than any generation that's gone before us. We are the most distracted generation. We have so many things at our fingertips with technology. We can find ourselves comparing to people that are around us easier and more often than ever before. And we can find ourselves stressed and just with the anxiousness of life and all of the things and the burdens that we need to carry. Life is full. And then add 2020, coronavirus. And then we add some of the other things that are going on in people's world and the things that have happened this year as well. It's a time where there is a lot of stress. There is a lot of restlessness, people that are just anxious in their soul. And I think a lot of it is when you are restricted. If you're anything like me, you hate the feeling of being restricted. And so you just, you know, there's good restrictions that are there for our safety and for our health. But even though it may not even feel like it's affecting your life day to day very much, it's still hanging over your head that if I want to go to Queensland, I can't. And so it's frustrating because you just feel like you're being told what to do. And those things can just burden over time with the different things that we're kind of facing. And, and we are so blessed in Australia, but I still think that there is a huge element of restlessness amongst people. Maybe you felt it. Maybe you felt fatigued and frustrated more than normal, just a bit more frazzled, like it's just, you know, just a bit more short in your temper than you have been before. And I think it's a build-up of what's been happening over this year. And so let's read from Psalm 23 this morning. I just want to talk about a couple of key things out of it as we continue on our journey through Psalm 23. So Psalm 23 verse 1 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Gee, that's a faith statement in 2020, isn't it? I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, not fields of stress and worry and anxiety. He leads me beside 
quiet waters, not busy places where we are in a hurry and we're stressed, but places where we can find peace in our soul, where we can be rested in Christ. It says, He refreshes my soul. And here's the bit that we're going to concentrate on today. He guides me along the right paths for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." I love this passage. It's so well known. It's so often repeated and spoken at many different events that we've been to that sometimes we can lose the personal touch of meaning, of what it means to us personally as we read this scripture. And I hope we can unlock and open that up today as we look at part two in this. But if you look at Psalm 23, you can see it's kind of written in three different parts. The first bit, it talks about the sheep and the shepherd. And we spoke about that last week, how we, are, we have a shepherd that takes care of us, that we lack nothing, that we can be, be rested in Him because of where He's leading us to. It talks about the safety of the fact that the shepherd is looking after the sheep. And it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what position you progress to, you are always still a sheep that is looked after by the great shepherd. And it's a comforting thought to know that. Secondly, it goes on in this passage to talk about the traveler and the companion. It talks about the idea that we are journeying through and that God is leading us onto the right path. He's leading us through the valley of the shadow of death, that we would fear no evil, but that He's with us even in that season. And we're going to concentrate on talking about that today, the traveler and the companion. And I think it's a perfect Father's Day link as well, because that's exactly what a father is, a companion and someone that guides us through the seasons. A good father is someone that is able to direct you in the right in the right way, but also stand alongside you. I think about myself and I think about my kids. I want them to be able to look over in the key moments of their life and look over their shoulder and that I'm going to be there in, that, in their visual. That they're going to see me there, cheering them on, championing them, encouraging them, helping them to be able to be guided and directed in where they need to go, but knowing that I will always be there for them when they need me. And I think that's what our Heavenly Father does for us. And thirdly, on the last part of the passage, it talks about the guest and the host. It talks about preparing a table for us. And the idea that God is there with us and, and the concepts that He wants to speak to, which I'll speak to in the coming weeks as well. And so today, the traveler and the companion. I love in Scripture how it says about Jesus that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In other words, He's already seen where we are going to go. We talk about how our Heavenly Father wants to guide and direct us. We can be sure that He hasn't just thrown us a map, but He's actually a tour guide. He hasn't just given us one of those old maps that we kind of get. And have you ever tried to work one of those out as you're driving or do anything? I know now we've got GPS. But I remember all looking at some of those maps and trying to work things out. It's just so difficult. God hasn't just given us a map. He hasn't just given us the Word of God. He's given us the Holy Spirit as a guide to be able to work through us, allow His Word to guide and direct us, and to be able to take us into all truth. And so I love the fact that we have a Heavenly Father that is not just somebody that's given us information, but He's actually our personal tour guide. There's something different about a tour guide because they've been on the journey before. 
And as it sees here, it says here in Scripture, he's the Alpha and the Omega, so he's already been before us. So he knows the special places that we need to go. He knows the paths that we need to be on. I love this in Psalm 16:11. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. And so this morning, we're just going to look quickly at three reminders to rest in. The first one is, number one, God provides a path for you. It says in Psalm 23, verse 3, He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Have you ever thought about what it says there when it says, for His name's sake, for His name's sake? I was reading that through the week and just thinking about what that means. And what it actually means is God has put His name on the line as credibility. When you look through Hebrew and you start to look at the meanings of names, names had incredible meaning to the people. Names had incredible, incredible biblical meaning to those that were in the times. They were prophetic names. They spoke into situations. And so when God puts his name on the line to say, I will guide you onto the right path, he's saying, you can trust me because I'm putting my name on the line. I'm putting my credibility on the line to say that I am your guide and I am your companion and that you're going to go through seasons in your life, but I will make a path for you. I'm not just saying it as a nice thing, but I'm saying I'm putting my credibility on the line. If there's any business owners here this morning, if you've got a business and your name's in it, you know the idea that your reputation and your name is on the line. It says in Scripture so clearly, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. And so God's putting his name, his reputation, his credibility on the line to say that I will take care of you. So you can rest in the knowledge that he is guiding and directing your path. You may look at the future right now in 2020 and think about all the uncertainty, all the fear, all the things that you're facing right now and you look to the future and it just looks so scrambled and so blurry. But we can rest in the fact that because of God's name, because of our trust in Him, His reputation, what He's done, we look at Scripture and we see time and time again His faithfulness, the promises that are true. We can rest in the fact, although it looks blurry to us, that our guide and companion is guiding us through, that the future is bright, that He has a path for you, that He has things organized for you, that He has good works that He's already prepared in advance for you, that you would walk in them. There's a confidence that we can have, not in our name, not in our circumstances, but in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a confidence that we can walk into our future and understand He's looking after us. It's beautiful to be able to have a guide to direct you. Now, just uh, over the last week, I got my motorbike. Finally, it's been coming for months and months and months. And so I've been out riding and, I, and one of my first rides, Simon Noble came over to my house and he rode with me for my first time. And the second day, I rode out to Warragamba Dam with another friend who has a Harley and I, and I followed him and just, be, just been able to do that. 
And it was incredible because when you haven't been riding a bike before, I'm as fresh as, and I don't know how to do it properly, but to have someone in front of you that can guide the right lines and the right paths for you to be able to follow as you're going along at speeds that you haven't gone along before on a motorbike and you're getting used to it and getting used to turning and leaning into the corners. It's so beautiful to be able to have someone in front of you that is guiding those lines. And I think about how the Holy Spirit does that for us. He guides, He comforts, He leads us into truth. And as we just lean into Him, as we just rest into Him, He guides us through. And that's why I'm not concerned about the church in this season. Because if we are just concerned about our relationship with God, He will guide and lead the church. I'm not trying to work out the next big move of God for the church right now. What's going to happen on the other side of the coronavirus? I don't need to try to get to the mental space of that. I've just got to lean into God and allow Him to guide and lead us. I don't have to stress about that. You don't have to stress about what the future is going to hold. You can just lean into the Holy Spirit. That's why we can remain rested instead of restless in this season, because we trust in Him. He guides our paths. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love this in Proverbs 3, verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will what? He will make straight your paths. God has a path for you. God has a way of guiding you to your future. It may not look like what you thought it was going to look like, but He will get you to the purpose that He has for you. Just lean in and trust Him. So much of our life is spent stressing about how we think it's taking longer than we thought to be able to get to this particular area. So much of our life is spent stressing because we look at the person next to us and they're taking a different path. Here's the truth. God's got an individual path for you. He's got a place that He's guiding you. And it doesn't matter what season you're in, what chapter of life you're in, God is guiding your path. If you lean into Him, He will lead you home. If you lean into Him, He will guide you to where you need to go. You won't miss a thing. And so let's not compare with the people beside us, but let's be reminded that God has a plan and a purpose for us individually. Secondly, this morning, God provides his presence. It says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You are with me. You are with me. The gift of his presence. Isn't someone's presence so valuable? The fact just to know they are there. They might not say a lot. Some of the biggest moments of my life, grief or loss or pain, has been just someone just coming and just sitting there and just saying, I'm here. They don't have to fill up the moment with a whole bunch of words and, 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 and try and explain that they know how I'm feeling, but they can just sit there and the gift of their presence. Do you know, dads, when you think about your kids, you know what they want? They want the gift of your presence, the gift of your un filtered attention just to be able to focus on them I think about my little guy Cooper he gets on the trampoline and he jumps and he does all these flips and then he'll he'll jump look straight up I'll have his eyes straight look at me and he'll say did you see that did you see what I just did I mean it looks exactly the same as the 10 before him but you gotta see it and he knows when I didn't see it and he goes no you didn't and he knows when I do. 
And it's such a small thing, but he's looking for attention. And I think all of us are looking for that. And can I remind you this morning that your heavenly father has given you all of his attention. He's given you his presence. That you can close your eyes, even right now. Why don't we close our eyes? In this moment, middle of a service, middle of our week, busyness and what's been going on. His presence is here in us, working through us. Holy Spirit is here. Doesn't have to be orchestrated with a song. Doesn't have to be the right lighting. We don't have to have hundreds of people singing. His presence is here You know what? Sometimes we are so quick to move on to the next thing, get on to our hurried lives, where we need to go, what we need to do. And we miss the gift of His presence. Lord, we thank You for Your presence. It's changing us. It's transforming us. It's guiding us into who You want us to be. God, we don't want to leave this place without Your presence. God, we don't want to leave and move into the rest of this year without your presence, without our vital connection with you, without our relationship with you being the main thing that everything that we do flows out of. Your presence is provided for us. Lord, help us not to lose the awe of it, I pray. Your precious name, the presence of God. You know, the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're all fruits of the presence of God. They're all fruits of the Spirit that flow out of us. And if you're fearful, afraid, worried, anxious, stressed, it's a time to be reminded to reconnect to the Spirit of God and allow those fruits of the Spirit to just flow through your life. God provides His presence. And finally this morning, God provides protection. It talks about your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Symbolizes God's power to act on your behalf. That even when you think that you cannot work out a way to get through the season you're in, God has a way of making it happen. He has the power to act and He's doing everything to protect you. His rod and His staff are there to protect you, to be able to correct you, to guide you, to move you to where you need to go. And it does mean sometimes we're going to have battles. Sometimes we're going to have challenges and seasons that are difficult. Do you know that King David wouldn't be King David without Goliath? But it was God in him, working through him in that time, that allowed him to be able to overcome Goliath. And some of the things that you're facing right now and the challenges that are in front of you, they're not there to wreck you. God's there to protect you. He's there to guide you through. And they are part of helping you promote to your destiny to go towards the path that God has for you. See, every David needs a Goliath to be able to overcome and move into what God has for you. And you may feel like there's giants around you, but can I remind you this morning that your God is a protector that his rod and his staff, what do they do? They comfort you. They comfort you and they keep you strong. So let me read this over you this morning. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment? The Lord 
is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Lord, this morning, I thank you for your church, your people, Lord Jesus, your sheep. You love them, Lord God. You're leading them. You're a companion. You're a guide. You're the greatest tour guide we could ever have, leading us each day and taking us onto the right path, protecting us, Lord God, guiding us by your presence. You never leave us nor forsake us. No matter what we're facing or what we're going through, God, you are there in the midst. Lord Jesus, I pray for your peace to rest on your people, Lord God. Let them know this morning the power of your presence, the power of your word to light up their path. As we walk from this place today, as we leave, Lord Jesus, and go into our week, Lord, I pray that we would leave rested, not restless, Lord God. Reminded again that you are our good shepherd, Lord God, leading us and guiding us into our future and destiny, our companion and guide, trusted. And we trust in you this morning, God. We thank you for all that's ahead, for our lives individually for your church and we just put our trust and our our lives in your hand we want to follow you we want to know you more deeply Lord Jesus we want to grow in our relationship with you Jesus we want to fall more in love with you than ever before and that's our one and only goal Jesus name Amen Amen come on why don't we stand Let's just worship Him for a few moments longer this morning. He lives within.